Vacation starts with VA. One thing you'll love about your trip to Virginia is that you'll never have to settle for one thing. All that you love is all in one trip. Start yours at virginia.org. This is the Read to Lead podcast, episode 414. The smartest, most successful people on the planet have written and published a book. All you have to do is spend 15 bucks in a few hours and you can learn the best things that they know. Hi, I'm Jeff Brown, and this is the Read to Lead podcast, the podcast dedicated to your personal and professional growth. For each and every week, we sit down with another successful and inspiring author and dig into his or her latest book. And through my conversation with that author, I help bring you the key insights and main ideas from their work. Today, we're joined by my friend Chandler Bolt. He's the author of a book called Published, The Proven Path from Blank Page to Published Author. And you may be saying, well, wait a minute, Jeff, you've already had Chandler on to talk about that book. Actually, that's not the name of the book anymore. It's been updated. Now it's called Published, The Proven Path from Blank Page to 10,000 Copies Sold. Wouldn't that be nice? I'm going to be asking Chandler to share about the four purposes for writing a book and determining which one of those purposes makes most sense for you, the pros and cons of self-publishing versus traditional publishing, what to do if and when you have trouble narrowing down your book ideas, and plenty more. And hey, be sure to stick around until the end because Chandler has already hinted to me that he's got several copies of his book, a physical copy of his book published that he is going to be giving away for free. And not, not a shipping and handling type thing where you pay six or eight bucks to have it sent to you, but 100% free. And I have it on good authority that there are a few dozen copies, not just one or two, but a few dozen copies he's giving away. So stick around to the end for more on how to grab your own free copy of Chandler's book. Before we bring Chandler in, I want to share with you just a quick story. This past Friday, I was interviewing Stephen M.R. Covey, who is going to be appearing on the show here in a few weeks. He's got a new book coming out in a bit called Trust and Inspire. And I went into that interview in a bit of a funk. I had just discovered in the previous 24 hours that a couple of speaking engagements that I was working on weren't actually going to happen. So I was kind of bummed. Uh, But then I spent an hour with Stephen M. R. Covey, and I walked away from that conversation like on a cloud. Like he had no idea that I was in a funk or that I was bummed, but just in the time with him, the way he made me feel was just incredible. And it reminded me to think about as leaders, how are you making the people around you feel? I think it was Maya Angelou who said, people don't remember what you said, what you did. They remember how you made them feel. And I was so inspired by my interaction with Stephen that I actually wrote about it and sent an email to my list on Friday. And one of the folks that wrote back was Kat. And, and she talked about a story of how a young man had knocked on her door earlier in the day, uh, going through the neighborhood, looking for signups for bathroom remodels. Uh, and at the end of the conversation, he said to her, you know, I just want to thank you so much for the way you greeted and treated me today. You would not believe how rude some people can be. You were so kind. You really made my day. And Kat says she tries to lift people up wherever she can, even if it's somebody knocking on her door that she's not necessarily expecting, uh, not for what she can get in return, but she just thinks it's part of being a good human. So I want to challenge you to think about how you're making the other people around you feel. Are you leaving a lasting, positive impression? 
because how you're making them feel is what they're going to remember about any interaction with you. So thank you to Stephen M. R. Covey for brightening my day on Friday. And thank you, Kat, for the way you're doing that in other people's lives as well. Chandler Bolt is the CEO of Self-Publishing School and selfpublishing.com, the author of six books and the host of the Self-Publishing School podcast. He believes that books change lives and has helped over 6,000 aspiring authors publish their books. Chandler's latest is an updated version of his popular book, Published, The Proven Path from Blank Page to 10,000 Copies Sold. Well, Chandler, welcome back to the Read to Lead podcast. I think this is visit number three. I've, I've lost track. Glad to have you here once again. Jeff, great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm excited about published. I was excited about it the first time. I'm even more excited about it now, as I'm sure you are. Talk about the importance. Uh, you know, everybody, when they go to write a book, I know this was the case for me. It was like, okay, why am I doing this in the first place? So I'm a fan of, of Stephen R. Covey, Begin with the End in Mind, that concept. Yes. Talk about the importance of identifying your book's purpose. And, and, and the four purposes you've identified that, that most of us fall into. Yeah. So I, I talk, this, talk about this in chapter two, and this is where I think a lot of auth- first-time authors or just authors in general go wrong is they, there's two kind of a dual-sided purpose, right? There's what's the outcome uh, or benefit for your ideal reader. And then there's what's the ideal outcome for you as the author. Um, and those are two totally different things. So it's like, so I think a lot of people think about, okay, begin with the end of mind with a reader. And then I talk about going through the four P's. So the person, pain, promise, price. And that person is that ideal reader. What's the pain that they have that they know that they have? And then what's the promise that you can make to them in the form of your book? Right. And so, but, but then there's, okay, why does this matter to me and why am I doing this? And that's where I go through kind of the four whys. Uh, and, and, and like you said, Stephen Covey would begin with the end in mind. I mean, I think for some people, it's a passion project. It's part of their legacy. For some people, it's, uh, they're writing a shared experience book. So they're saying, Hey, I did this thing and you can do it too. I lost weight, grew business, that sort of thing. Um, for some, you know, the third bucket, they want to become a full-time author. So maybe that's write great fiction books. Maybe I want to be a, you know, use, books to grow my speaking business. Like I know you're doing mm. with your book and that sort of thing. And then the fourth one is, is use a book to grow your business, right? So how do I use my book to get more leads, sales, and referrals for my business? But I got, I like to begin with that. And then I, yeah, it feels selfish to say, well, hold up. <laughs> I'm starting with what's in it for me. You're starting with what's in it for the reader, obviously for what you write in the book, but how you strategically position the book. I think you really need to think about the why for you as the author. Mm. I know a lot of folks have their hearts set on traditional publishing, but uh, that's just not uh, in the cards, everybody. And then that's okay. There are certainly lots of advantages to doing it the self-publishing way. Uh, with your experience with this, helping thousands of people self-publish, what are what are some of the pros and cons with regard to, to self-publishing versus traditional publishing in your view? Yeah. So I, I'd say, you know, obviously I'm a little bit biased. I run self-publishing school and selfpublishing.com. Right. <laughs> uh, but uh, so... For 99.9% of people, it makes sense to self-publish. The only time that it makes sense to traditionally publish is if you can get a big advance, meaning you have a big audience, right? And then and only then does it make sense. Um, And and so really the the pros and cons, I mean, there's, there's, you know, used to be the only way you could sell books is to get into bookstores, right? Only way, you, you know, only way you get into bookstores is have a traditional publishing deal, only way you have to have an agent, like all these things. Well, now 70% of all books sold are sold on Amazon. 
and you don't need a publisher to publish on Amazon, right? So that's really democratized mm. the publishing industry. And so if you want to move faster, keep the lion's share of your royalties, retain creative control, all those things, self-publishing is, is obviously attractive. If you're in a field where it would be helpful to, you know, credentialize through a publisher, maybe, um, or really, I mean, to me, it's the advance. That's the differentiator. Mm-hmm. If you can get a big advance and it's not a huge process to go through, then maybe it makes sense. Mm-hmm. But even then, a lot of those people are now turning to self-publishing because they realize, hey, this publisher is not going to sell my books. Right. I'm going to sell this book. Yeah. And I would probably go that route, you know, for book two, when and if that comes down the road, I would probably go the self-publishing route. You know, in my case, if you want to spend eight years first building an audience and then traditionally publishing a book, then go that route. If you want to publish a book six months from now or three months from now, (laughs) go the self-publishing route for sure. Yeah. Uh, You talk a bit about limiting beliefs too. And I think a lot of folks struggle with this. I think we all do to one degree or another. What are some of the limiting beliefs that you recommend first-time authors take the time to address before sitting down to to write? Mm. Well, I think there's, I think there's limiting beliefs that keep you from getting started and there's Mm -hmm. limiting beliefs that keep you from finishing the draft or publishing. Right. Right. And so I think there's, there's at the starting line, it's who am I to write a book and I don't have time to write a book. (laughs) Right. And, 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 or maybe the timing isn't right. And people think there's going to be this magical moment where they've got no job, no kids, no business, no responsibilities, (laughs) you know, all that stuff, but that's never going to happen. You're going to have to get started before you're ready. So that is, I mean, tackling that head on, which comes back to the, why is this important for me and for my business or for my life? And, Mm -hmm. And I talk about the why and the why now, which is really important. Why now? Like, why is this important for me to do now? And that's, and when your why now becomes big enough, well, then you're going to find the time. Right. And so, so, so there's the, there's the find the time. There's the, who am I to write a book imposter syndrome, you know, it's, and and that's Mm -hmm. where, uh, you know, I grew up in scouts and I I remember we were on a camping trip and I asked my scout master, I said, you know, are there any bears in the woods here? And he said, yeah, of course. Like that's why we're hanging up our food in the trees so that they, the bears don't come and get the food. And I said, well, hold up. What happens if we see a bear? <laughs> and he said, well, Chandler, you don't have to be faster than the bear. You just have to be faster than your friend. Uh, and, and, and it's like, okay, well, what does this have to do with writing a book? Well, when it comes to writing a book, you don't have to know everything. You just have to know a little bit more than the person that you're teaching. And we all have life experience, um, things that we've probably learned the hard way that we can teach through a book. And I think sometimes we get intimidated and say that, oh, I'm not Malcolm Gladwell or Oprah or Brene Brown or, or this person. So who am I to do that? But the fact is your book might be the book, the only book someone reads all year because they don't read books, but they would read your book because they connect with you, they relate to you, or they know you personally, right? And you, and, and you can change their life um, through, writing, through writing that book. So I think those are probably the two big ones. Mm. And a lot of people too, I, I would imagine you'd agree, feel like before they start, they have to know every step of the journey and the process when really you just need to know the, the next step, right? Now, yes. Comes right down to it. The most important step is the next step, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and so that's why we, you know, one of the things I do in, in my new book, Publish, and, and, and we do at Self-Publishing School is really break it down into milestones. And I think mm-hmm. this is because for us, it, you're right, it's so, it can be discouraging and intimidating and overwhelming and all those things, right? And so I look at, all right, there are eight milestones and everything that I think is uh, that we teach and I talk about in the book and all that. It's, it's always, how do we help this person get to the next milestone? Mm -hmm. Nothing else matters. 
So it's in the starting point, how do you create your mind map? And then how do you turn that mind map into an outline? That's the more writing method, right? So M-O-R-E. So mind map, outline, rough draft, editing. And so each step of that process is just how do you get to the next step? How do you get to the next step? And then before you know it, you've got a rough draft done, which is the big turning point for a lot of people where they go from, maybe I'm doing it. Okay. This is a dream that I have to, oh my gosh, I'm actually doing this. This is happening. I'm sure you felt that way when you finish the rough draft of your book. It's you turn the page and you say, oh my gosh, this is happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know when I turned in the rough draft, I wanted to be done. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I, I'm not yet done. You got a little bit more yeah. work to do yet. Um, I kicked around the idea of doing a podcast uh, for five years before starting a podcast. I would think that most people who have identified the fact that they want to write a book at least have some idea as to what they want to write about. And correct me if I'm wrong on that. But what about someone who is having trouble narrowing down? the ideas for a book. They've got the opposite mm. problem. What, what should we consider to help decide which idea to run with first? Yeah, that's such a great, such a great question, Jeff. So I would say, you know, that we only have two rules um, when we're working with people. Rule number one, do not edit while you write. <laughs> we all know someone who has five perfectly written chapters in their unfinished book. <laughs> mm. yeah. Right? You may be listening to this right now saying, Ooh, oh man, that hits too close <laughs> to home. That's me. Ouch. Um, so, so don't edit while you write. But then rule number two, you nailed it. Don't write more than one book at a time. Mm. Um, you know, the, you've, the Chinese proverb, try to catch two rabbits, you end up catching neither. And so you got to focus on one book and write that book first. And then it doesn't, if, if you want to write a bunch of books, awesome, but don't do them all at the same time or multiple at the same time. Everyone thinks they're the exception to the rule. I promise you're not. Mm. You got to, you got to narrow in on one. And, and with that, I asked three questions. So question number one, which one can I finish the fastest? So maybe I have the most content or life experience on this topic. Mm, mm. Um, and then question number two, which one am I most likely to finish? So not only am I going to get started, but I'm going to actually get a rough draft done. And then question number three is which one's going to make me happy? Like I'm going to enjoy writing this book and really ask those three questions to narrow in on one idea. That's the goal. And then once you've got your one idea, then you go into the more writing method, take 15 minutes, my map, everything you can think of on that topic and all that good stuff. I remember my first attempts at writing years ago, you know, I would try to edit while I wrote. And I was always of the mind then that, well, this is just how everybody does it because this is how my brain works. I should edit as I go perfect it, and then move on. And I think it wasn't until I read the first uh, edition of Publish that I realized that mistake. And it was very, very hard for me to stop doing. I so much wanted to edit as I went along. I want to get into uh, a bit of this method that you outline in the book. And you've you've touched on some of these a bit, this yeah. more method. Talk about that acronym and each phase of the process. Yeah. So the more writing method uh, stands for mind map, outline, rough draft, editing. Okay. And so the mind map, that's the first step. So if you're listening to this right now, what I would encourage you is as soon as you finish listening to this, grab a blank sheet of paper, put your one idea in the middle of the page, set a timer for 15 minutes and write out everything that you can think of on that topic. Mm -hmm. So what are the stories that you have, the lessons that you've learned, right? What are the uh, books that you've read, the, anything you can think of? right? I'm sure you probably did something similar mm-hmm. um, with your book, which is like, okay, on this topic, what are all the, what are all the things that I could talk about when it comes to reading to lead um, mm-hmm. and, and why reading is important, all those things, right? So you're, you're, you're brainstorming all that. 
and then mind map, and then you turn your mind map into an outline by grouping or into common groups or or into sections, Mm. right? And then those sections, so so you've got five sections, those five sections form the order um, that you want to cover in the book. And then you drill down about three chapters per section. Now, all of a sudden you've got about a 15 chapter outline, right? And you use that outline to write the book. And that's where the rough draft comes in. You go one chapter at a time, 10 minutes mind mapping everything you can think of on that chapter, 10 minutes turning that mind map into an outline, and then 45 minutes to an hour and a half actually writing the chapter. And you'll repeat that process chapter by chapter by chapter. Mm -hmm. Um, If you speak better than you write, do that. Mind map outline, speak the chapter, repeat that process. But now all of a sudden, every couple of hours, I'm getting a chapter done and I can get a rough, rough draft that I can then go back and edit and improve and make better and all that good stuff. And so um, that's the, and then you, then you move into editing. I was going to pull i I'm like, I've got this right behind me. I've got the, the read to lead book. I was like, I, I was curious. I was like, man, I wonder how many, how many sections you put in that. And did you follow a similar process? Cause you've got part one, why you need to write book, why you need to read books, part two books you need to read. And then part three. Okay. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. 14 chapters. So it's about, it's, you did three sections, five yeah. chapters essentially per section. And then, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, very much follow that process. And for a, a yet to be completed book, uh, um, the very first attempt I made at this was following your process cool. of, of mind mapping. I used post-it notes in my case and had them all over the wall and moving them around. And yeah, that process has been very effective for me for not only writing books, but uh, developing presentations uh, from scratch, that sort of thing. Love yeah. that. I was talking to, uh, I guess you would call it your competition or a member of your competition uh, several months ago, young lady by the name of Julie Broad. I can't remember the name of her company now, but she she goes by the book Broad mm-hmm. uh, and she helps people uh, publish their books uh, as well. And she had a, a process for book titles and stress the importance of chapter titles and things of that nature. Mm. Do you have a process you recommend for coming up with a title that's going to be memorable and, and catchy? And for that matter, the, the, the chapter titles to themselves and, and how important is that in, in your view? Yeah. And you're talking about the title of the book as a whole or the chapter titles? As well? Yeah. The title of the book as a whole, but then maybe drilling down into chapter titles too. I mean, how important, yeah. because I mean, those can obviously chapter titles, I would think oftentimes can become presentation titles, right? If, yeah, if that's something yeah. you want to do down the road. For sure. I think the title is unbelievably important. I talk about how, be clear, not clever. First and foremost, mm. your prospect or potential reader should instantly understand what the book's about and whether or not it's for them. And so if you look at published, the proven path from blank page to 10,000 copies sold, what do you think this book's about, right? It's about <laughs> how to publish a book. Pretty specific. And oh, it's going to take me from blank page pain to promise 10,000 copies sold. Similar, and I think I'm trying. I was trying to be as cool as you, I guess, with the, with the red cover. Um, I'm like, whoa, these are remarkably. This might even be the same exact color. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Um, so, read to lead: the simple habit that expands your influence and boosts your career. Super clear, right? <laughs> I know what the book's about and whether or not it's for me. Um, and so, the title is very important. Your chapter title section; those are also important. I used to put a ton of stock in those and try to make them like many. Uh, headlines in a sense, which I think is helpful. Like it should be provocative and interesting, but even more important than that is it needs to be clear. Same thing, clear, not Mm. clever. Um, And so I can glance at the table of contents and say, oh, I know what I'm going to learn in each part of this book. And so I always say like when in doubt, if it's like kind of in between, go towards the clear route um, because confused people don't buy. Yeah. Clarity attracts confusion repels, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's great. 
Um, you've got some advice too when it comes time to to launch your book for forming an effective uh, launch team. What has your experience in in this particular area taught you about what works and and what doesn't with regard to launch teams? Yeah, so a launch team for those who don't know, it's a small group of people who support you and the topic of your book. Um, and these folks, you know, it could be fifteen, fifty people, mm. maybe even more. And you know, there's what they do, which is they'll read your book ahead of time and leave a review on day one. That's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. And then there's what they get in return. Um, and they get a free digital copy of the book. I like to put their name in the digital copy of the book. And they get to be a part of this launch, right? It's really mm-hmm. exciting. Um, people love love this sort of thing. But I look at a launch team, first off, quality over quantity. It doesn't matter if you have a bajillion people, if they're not interested. And so I right. use a Facebook group to kind of corral the activity and have one assignment per week for the two to three weeks kind of leading up to the book launch. And that's where there's momentum and that sort of thing. And so that's unbelievably effective. Uh, but then team is an acronym. And so uh, how when, when I talk about launch team, it's first tell everyone you know about it. And, and so that they know that you have a launch team that they can join, right? E mm-hmm. is enroll. Enroll people who are interested in set expectations, right? A is ask for a review, which I mean, sounds obvious, but so many people don't mm-hmm. do it. Yeah, <laughs> and so that's, right. that's ask for a review on day one, on week one. And then M stands for message everyone individually and follow up. Right? And because that, I mean, that <laughs> message each person and, and I have a little review tracker spreadsheet um, that I use with the, so you got everyone on the launch team and you just, when someone leaves a review, you mark their name off. Right. And so then you know who to follow up with, but now all of a sudden you've got 15, 50, hundred reviews out of the gates on launch week. And that's so important because I mean, you know how important reviews are for, for mm. any ecosystem, whether it's podcasts, whether it's books, Amazon, anything. So um, that's, that's really important. We'll help you have a stronger launch. And sometimes you you can't be afraid to ask for the review several times because yes. at least I found because not everybody does yes. it the first three times you ask. <laughs> yes, yeah, and and that's so important. <laughs> I like having a review goal. Like there's a bunch of other stuff I could unpack around reviews, but I like having a goal and rally people around the goal. And then yeah, don't be afraid, afraid to follow up. Always give them like share the link. Mm-hmm. And this is something that if someone says, "Hey, I love X Y Z about your book." What I love to do is I just say, hey, this, thank you so much. Would you mind copying and pasting that into an Amazon review here, right? Mm-hmm. And and you give them the link. And then one thing, I don't know if you do this, Jeff, but if you don't, it'd be helpful for your book too, mm-hmm. is do a short link for leaving a review. So you all mm-hmm. you always have it. It's I actually put it in my book and your team or whoever else can send it to people. So for me, it's publishedbook.com forward slash review. So it's something that's simple and easy. And then also like on your podcast, you can... Shout out, hey, go get the book at readtolead.com forward slash audible. Or like if you're pushing the audio book or read and then Mm -hmm. leave a review, readtolead.com forward slash, you know, whatever the URL is. That is unbelievably helpful to just give people kind of a next step that they can take. Mm. Your books have done pretty well uh, right out of the gate, right from the start for the most part. Uh, what have you found, Chandler, to be some of the fundamentals of, of a best-selling book? What steps can we take to greatly increase the likelihood that our book's going to be a quote-unquote bestseller? Yeah, so so there's there's a ton of stuff. I mean, it starts by writing a great book and <laughs> identifying the person, pain, promise. That's mm. so important. 
at the start. And who's your ideal reader? What's the pain that they have that they know that they have? What's the promise that you can make them in that book? And so it starts with that. I mean, then there's the launch week and then there's what I call the launch, uh, the one-year launch, right? I mean, that, and, and that is really what it takes to sell books long-term is, is uh, I heard this quote that launches a year, not a day. And that's kind of is the ethos of the one-year launch is, is an approach to ongoing promotion and sales of your book. Is and this so, where you get into talking about like Lamborghini versus ha, ha, ha. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Camry or something like that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's, uh, yeah, so that's, um, I, I call, it, call it the Lambo launch. So most people, uh, good memory, uh, most people, they'd look at their launch like a Lamborghini. If you knew anything about Lamborghinis, they're they're loud, they're gone in a flash, gone in a flash, sexy, but they use up a lot of fuel, Mm. right? And that's the way most people look at their launch week is, or their launch or their launch week is they, Hey, it's going in a flash. They put all their energy on week one, they're worn out. Um, And what I encourage people to do instead is take the Toyota Camry approach. If you know anything about Toyota Camry, you know that those things just keep going (laughs) forever. And so that that's that's what I recommend is how do you create a long term a book that's going to keep selling month after month year after year and so um, that's the focus and so that's through you know I, I want to make sure I circle back and answer your original question but that's through uh, you know creating evergreen assets and I talk about mm. the difference between a one off promo and an evergreen asset and so a one off promo is I did this promo and then it is in the ether. And no one sees it ever again. Mm. An evergreen asset is like this recording this podcast interview, an evergreen asset, mm. right? If I'm setting up a profitable Amazon ads campaign, evergreen asset, things like that, that, okay, this will, if I'm creating a piece of content that ranks on Google, if I get a review that helps my book be more discoverable, and, and those are all investing in evergreen assets that will mm. continue to compound for the life of that book. And so that's how I kind of look at this stuff. And then sure, you come back to the launch itself. I call this the launch triangle, but it's the launch team, which we already talked about. It's getting as many reviews as possible right Mm -hmm. out of the gates, which we already talked about. And then the third kind of point in that triangle is promotions. And that's kind of like the accordion, depending on your time, money, resources, how big a deal this book is, like you will accordion that to maybe it's some very focused promos, cost-effective promos. Maybe it's a huge virtual book tour, podcast tour, you know, all the things. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of the difference. And I, I outline this in the book of like a uh, an MVP launch. So your minimum viable product uh, and then the traditional launch, which is kind of the more, you know, any book that you've seen that's been launched is they probably, they probably uh, follow some form of the traditional launch. I tried to leverage this a couple of ways, both both virtually uh, and in person. You know, via email and through the podcast uh, and the launch team, getting reviews that way. But then also having a an in person book launch party, yeah. uh, with people that I know who yeah. um, you know I may or may not be connected with online, or may or may not be on my email list, and and and, and twisting their arm to leave rating yeah. reviews while I'm in front of them as well. Um, and and your Camry uh, metaphor is not lost on me. I've got one, and it's twenty years old, and it's got almost three hundred thousand miles on it. So yes, they do last quite a while. <laughs> Man, I had two. I wrecked both of them um, <laughs> in high school. But but I think one I had one hundred and five thousand, the other had like one hundred and twenty or something. So I mean, those things. Maybe it's two. Maybe it's close to two. Those things just keep going. <laughs> they do. They certainly oh. do. Well, I, I got a couple of questions in the time we have left that I want to ask you, not related to your book necessarily. Anything else yeah. from the book, though, you want to make sure that we walk away with? I mean, the most important thing, I think, if you're wanting to write and publish a book is that you you start with a mind map and you focus mm-hmm. on your rough draft. 
And so that would be my encouragement to people is, mm-hmm. is there's never going to be a perfect time. Um, you're going to have to get started um, before you're ready. So that would be the main thing. I've got a, a little giveaway of the book. We can, we can maybe touch on that at the end for folks um, if you want a free copy. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you for that. We'll talk more on that, about that in just a moment. Um, I mentioned uh, as many as five habits, personal habits that I might ask you about. I want to key in on one. And that one has to do with reading and ritualizing your reading. This is something that you do very well at. You demonstrate it online. You, you hold yourself accountable by being public with it. You're a guy who runs this hugely successful business, yet somehow you find time to read nearly a book a week, four books a month, most months. Can you talk a little bit about your process? Yeah, it's a few things. And so, I mean, this is why I believe so much in what you do, Jeff, and and, mm. and just a huge supporter of you, your podcast, your book. I mean, it's because reading is important. Books change lives. <laughs> mm. um, they, they change the lives of the reader and they change the lives of the author. Right. And, and so we always say it's not about the book. It's about who you become in the process of writing and publishing that book. But also I've seen it firsthand where, uh, you know, you talk about this in your book. I first had to understand that reading, why reading mattered. And for me, that was, I dropped out of school, but I real I realized I need to keep learning like I'm still in it. Um, because if I'm going to miss out on these, the last two years of classes, I need to you know, change from going to class to going to seminars or uh, going to conferences. And then I Mm. need to change from a textbook to a book. And as someone who hated reading and hated writing, I just, I wasn't very excited about that. (laughs) But then I started (laughs) to read these books and they came alive. And that's where I call it um, a $15 mentor. A a Mm. book is a $15 mentor. The smartest, most successful people on the planet have written and published a book. All you have to do is spend 15 bucks in a few hours and you can learn the best things that they know. And so that is really where the light bulb turned on for me. And then I said, hey, I'm going to make this a priority. And then that combined with reading uh, a friend of mine, uh, Hal Elrod, uh, he has this book called The Miracle Morning, read that book, said, oh, Miracle Morning, like morning routines are really important. Um, Mm -hmm. And I know you talk about this as well as like the morning ritual. And so Combining those two together is the reading ritual. And so every mm-hmm. single morning I'm, I, I listen to part of an audiobook and I read um, part of uh, a book. And so, that, I mean, that's the easy part for a lot of people. If you use audible is okay, I'm waking up, I'm brushing my teeth. I'm making my coffee. I mean, I've just listened to 15 minutes, 20 minutes of a book, which on one and a half, two X speed. I mean, that's a half an hour of reading just right there. And then I'll spend, you know, 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes reading an actual book. And so that's how a book a week is just, Mm. is my pace. I've been behind the last few months. I'm like, this is the month I'm, I'm getting, uh, I'm getting back on it. So I've read two books so far and I'm, I'm close on a third. So I'm trying to get back to that of saying, all right, this is my 20 mile March of just consistently reading. Yeah. A lot of people ask me, Jeff, how do you read as often as you do? I read a book a week typically. And, 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 and they often struggle with that. And it, and it really, to your point, it comes down oftentimes to just, if you're not able to do that, it, it simply means, and this is okay. It simply means that you have yet to make it enough of a priority in your life, meaning carving out time for it. You're doing that in the morning. I do much of my reading in the morning before most of the world is up. If yeah. I didn't do that, I wouldn't have time to do it to the extent uh, that I do. No well, you, you teased a moment ago uh, a gift you have, not for just one person, but it sounds like a few, a few dozen. Yeah. Talk about uh, what you got going on here. Yeah. So obviously the, the new book just launched. So um, it's called Publish the Proven Path from Blank Page to 10,000 Copies Sold. Um, you can grab it on Amazon. You can also 
Um, the audible version is at publishedbook.com forward slash audible. But uh, for the first 50 people um, who are a member of the Read to Lead audience, um, I want to give away a free physical copy. So, mm. um, I'll, you know, we'll print it, pack it, ship it, everything. Um, and so all you have to do is just uh, tell us where to send it. So go to publishedbook.com forward slash Jeff Brown. Mm. So published book, like I published a book dot com forward slash Jeff Brown. Um, again, first 50 people in the U.S. will print it, pack it, ship it, uh, all that good stuff uh, to your door. You know, this is not a free plus shipping thing. This is none of that. Literally, it's on me. <laughs> mm. uh, so just tell us where to send it. Wow, that's great. And thankfully, I have an easy name to spell. So so that yes. <laughs> having my yes. name in the URL doesn't, doesn't trip you up at all. <laughs> Well, Chandler, that's a fantastic gesture on your part. Thank you so much for offering that. Very, very generous. Really appreciate that. Again, Chandler's book, as you just mentioned, is called Publish the Proven Path from Blank Page to 10,000 Copies Sold. It is out now. Be one of those first 50 and get it for free. Chandler, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Jeff, you're the man. I, I appreciate you, man. <laughs> you're all, you're so kind and generous with your time and, and mm. just with with the people in your life. And you've, you've been one of my earliest supporters and one of my earliest supporters, which I'm forever grateful for. And man, just so wholeheartedly believe in this podcast, the topic of this podcast, your book. So thank you so much for having me. Once you've grabbed your free copy of Chandler's book, if you'd like to dig a little bit more deeply into this conversation, that's at readtoleadpodcast.com slash 414 for episode 414. That's where you'll find a written summary of today's episode. One more time, that's readtoleadpodcast.com slash 414. If you're looking for a speaker or trainer in the area of personal and professional development, keep me in mind. You can find out more about what I do at readtoleadpodcast.com slash speaking or reach out to me directly, Jeff, at readtoleadpodcast.com. In the coming weeks, we'll hear from authors Whitney Johnson, Stephen M. R. Covey, Marcus Buckingham, and more. That is all for this week. I hope you'll be back next time. Until then, remember, leaders read and readers lead. Read.